wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's right! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. Ten more days, guys, until SummerSlam weekend. Give me the green light because I'm ready to go. Uh, I will not be there this year for the first time since 2014. I was at SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver and Raw last year in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center for 2015 and 2016. Not this year, but uh, it should still be an exciting weekend. Nevertheless, it's always an exciting weekend when SummerSlam rolls around. NXT TakeOver, SummerSlam, looking forward to them both. But before we get to SummerSlam weekend next weekend, let's talk about today's stack show. Before we get today underway, two quick announcements here. Uh, Very happy to announce I was a part of yesterday's GFW teleconference with the stars of the X Division. The current X Division champion, uh, Sanjay Dutt, the former X Division champion, Lowkey, and the number one contender to the title, Trevor Lee. All three took part in a teleconference yesterday, but ran about an hour long, talking about Destination X, you know, formerly known as TNA, Impact Wrestling, if you don't know what I'm talking about when I say GFW, to promote next Thursday's Destination X special. So it was a great time talking to those guys, was able to ask a bunch of questions. I had someone ask me on Twitter, I think it was at Rusty Rages, so shout out to you, my friend, whether I would be able to air it here on the show or put it on YouTube at some point. Um, it will be up on YouTube, I mean, probably down the road. I might incorporate the audio, at least my portion of the teleconference, right here into WrestleRant Radio next week. And I don't see why not. I think I might put them in an article form uh, between now and then. But the audio form would be pretty cool just because Destination X is that Thursday. is the same day that WrestleRant Radio goes up. So it would be pretty cool to have those guys here on the show and put that audio here on WrestleRant Radio for you guys to hear. And it was really cool to hear them talk about their favorite Destination X moments, their favorite X Division matches, why Loki came back to the company, all this other cool stuff. Why Sanjay Dutt, you know, his, his reaction to winning the X Division championship in India a few months back on Impact. So it was really cool. Thanks to Impact Wrestling slash GFW for inviting me to that call. Looking forward to airing that stuff at some point, hopefully in the near future. Speaking of GFW, before I move on today, uh, you know, to today's audio, which I'm very excited to reveal for you guys. Again, another interview lined up for today as I speak. I'm recording this on Thursday morning. By the time you listen to this, the interview might be already done. Thursday afternoon, though, for to go up on Friday, the article should be up on HiddenRemote.com on Friday, the WWE section. My interview with Eli Drake from GFW, one of my favorites in that company. I talked about it yesterday in Hashtag. And uh, the guy's great. I'm very much looking forward to talking to him about Destination X and the rest of his career in GFW, in Impact Wrestling, in TNA. Over the past two years, maybe mentioning some NXT stuff. So the guy's a hoot. The guy's awesome from what I've seen uh, of him on GFW. And I, you know, thoroughly, religiously watch GFW and have for the number of years now, for about nine, ten years. So I'm very familiar with Eli Drake. Looking forward to talking to him. Uh, later today, and that interview should also be up, as I said, maybe next week right here on WrestleRant Radio. In article form, it should be up on Friday, but the audio I might incorporate into next week's WrestleRant Radio. 
to promote Destination X that Thursday night, which is looking like a great show on paper. So between that, TakeOver, SummerSlam next weekend is going to be nothing short of spectacular. But speaking of spectacular, let's talk today's WrestleRant Radio. Now, I'm very excited for you guys to hear this conversation. Now, I kind of talk about a bit of the background in the beginning of our convo here, but long story short, I was over at my grandmother's house no less than two weeks ago, I believe, and we were just shooting the breeze about random Netflix shows and whatnot, and as I was on my way out, um, I mentioned her the Glow Show to check it out when she had the chance, and much to my surprise, she said she was already watching some of the episodes of that Glow Show on Netflix. Now, for those unfamiliar, Glow is the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. The show debuted on Netflix, I believe, on June 23rd, a couple of months back. It took me a while to finally complete the show, just a little over a month. I just don't have the time to sit down and binge watch shows like a lot of people do. But um, I did finish up the show. We talked all about it. There, It's largely spoiler-free. So I thought it'd be cool to sit down with her, get her thoughts, and pick her brain on the Glow Show. And it came out really, really well. It's about a 20-minute conversation. And then after that, I will talk about Raw SmackDown and NXT from this past week. But before we get to that again... Very strongly recommend checking out the show. It's on Netflix. The half the, the shows are about a half hour each, so that's not going to really eat up too much of your time if you watch them in increments. So uh, it, it, there's a lot of cool stars in there, a lot of wrestling stars in there. I know Karma is one of the main women, uh, Kia Stevens. She's a regular cast member, but you have appearances from Johnny Mundo, formerly known as John Morrison in WWE, Christopher Daniels, Kazarian, Alex Riley as Steel Horse, who has a... Probably a bigger role than anyone else. I know Carlito and Brodus Clay also show up um, in two episodes as the brothers of one of the women's wrestlers who are putting together the show. Mark Marin, who hosts the podcast, um, I don't think he has much acting experience, but the guy came off great. He was the best part of the entire show. Um, Allison Bree, I believe, plays the main role. But anyway, so you guys will like this conversation. Me and my own grandmother, who you never thought you would hear here on WrestleRant Radio, but... She's here on the show today to help me break down Glow. So without further ado, guys, enjoy the conversation between me and Grandma Matthews talking Glow from Netflix. All right, so we're rolling here. All right. It's a Wrestle Rant Radio exclusive. Graham here with my special guest. Okay, so before, we got to give some context. we got to give some background here for this interview, guys. So last weekend, I'm about to leave a family member's house before we re- you reveal your identity. So I'm at your, I'm at your house last week. And we're talking about all these Netflix shows and movies and whatnot. And you were talking about House of Cards. And we are talking about Dunkirk and Planet of the Apes. All these good shows and, and movies. And as I'm on my way out, I asked you about the Glow Show on Netflix, which recently debuted June 23rd, 2017 to be exact. All 10 episodes are up, about a half hour each. They're all great. Not thinking you've seen it, just kind of more of a recommendation for you to check it out. And little did I know, you've already started watching it. You've checked out a few episodes. It's quite a good show. I've heard from a number of people. So without further ado, my grandmother, uh, what would you like to go by here? Grandma Mermina, what would you like to go by? Grandma Mermina. Grandma? We'll just go with Grandma for right now. Grandma Mermina. So how are you doing today, Grandma? I'm fine, Graham. How are you? I'm doing excellent on this fine August Sunday following this picnic. So uh, yeah, we've been trying to do this for a while now. I gave you a call last week, asked you to uh, do the interview. I mean... uh, so with what your knowledge of the show, I wanted to get your inside knowledge on what you've seen so far. And like I said, we didn't want to spoil anything because okay. you have not yet seen the entire show. So this will be a spoiler-free, largely review up until like halfway through. So you're about four or five episodes in, would yeah, you say? probably three or f- Well, probably four. Yeah. Probably four, about yep. halfway through. I think there's about ten episodes. So 
So far, what are your general impressions coming out of the Glow Netflix show? Well, first I should tell you why I watch Glow. Sure, go right ahead. I watch Glow because my grandson, Graham, that, that would be me. is interested in wrestling and martial arts. So I thought, well, this would be a good way to connect with Graham. Mm-hmm. So I started to watch the show. My husband not so keen on it, but he would <laughs> want to watch it because I watched it. So we started, and I thought it was fun. I love the main guy. I think he is hysterical, kind, mm-hmm. of, kind of a potty mouth. He is. But he there's is a lot still of, funny. Yeah, there's a lot of profanity in the show. A lot of profanity in the show, but he's just, you just, off the cuff, you never know what he's going to say or what he's going to do or who he's going to call what. Mm-hmm. He's just funny. Yeah, he's a very funny character. I think he might be my favorite character in the uh, in the entire show. I mean, I you, you said so you, had, you had a favorite different character, which we'll also get into here. So there's two main women. This isn't really a spoiler because it's revealed in the very first episode Correct. of the entire show that sets up a great character arc between uh, Allison Brie, who's, who plays the main character, mm-hmm. Ruth, mm-hmm. and then you have Debbie, her former best friend, now turned rival after, let me see if I can get this right, after Ruth slept with her uh, her husband. Correct. Who then separated from each other, and they're trying Correct. to fix that out in the rest of the show. So they're now signed on to the same show because of that tension. The director, Sam Silva, played by Mark Marin in real life, who has, I think, zero acting experience. He's had shows, he's done podcasts, he's never done, I think, any real movies or acting. So the fact that he comes on this show and does as good of a job as he does is a real testament to his talent. Yeah, that surprises me. So, yeah, he does a great that. job. But yeah. uh, you said you liked the character Debbie. I did who's, like who's that. Who's the blonde oh, you character. remember that. Yeah. I do like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. you said that. So why I like is that? the fact that she is a mother. Mm-hmm. She did have a best friend who has now abandoned her. Yes. And the best friend slept with her husband, but she did not know it. She didn't know she it did up until the end. Know she it. came storming out into the building. So yeah. when she found out, she did break off with the husband, mm-hmm. but it was too late at that point. But she did not know it, so I think Debbie should give her another chance. And I should also add this too that the blonde character, mm-hmm. uh, Debbie, mm-hmm. she also has a background in acting in the show. She was like, uh, I think on a soap opera. I think she was on. I forgot what it was called. Yes, she was. You're something right. like Gilligan's. It wasn't Gilligan's Island, but it was like she Paradise. Right. It something. was. It was a soap opera. Yeah. That's absolutely right. So she does have some acting ability, mm-hmm. and she brings yeah. that up. Yeah, and she yeah. talks. And she's about, good. Yeah, she's very good. Yeah, she's I think her, her character was like in a coma or something, and that's how they wrote her out of the show. Yeah, I'm not quite sure she knows what to do with the baby though. No, yeah, she she's does like, not look like the mother. Yeah, no, she's kind of juggling two lives here as both an yeah, actor slash wrestler. Correct. And then now as as a mother as well. Yeah, but she's awkward as a mother. She is. Very awkward. She is. She's definitely new to the whole thing and having the separated husband right, uh, obviously I, doesn't help matters. Correct. But, but I think uh, she and Ruth together will make a great team. I think yes. in the ring they will be hysterically funny. So, again, I, I don't want to spoil anything because I just watched the... I finished up the show immediately I after I called you. I thought it was... A, the ah. ending is, is interesting, so I don't want to talk about the ending, even for those that have that are listening to this that have yet to watch the full show. But I will say the best part about this is that they don't get into the show together like as best friends. I mean, they do start out as best friends before becoming rivals. Um, but even after that point, they come into the show really as rivals. And the cool thing about this is that in this acting show that becomes a wrestling show, what have you, they are they're rivals. You have a good guy and bad guy, which is pretty typical for movies and books and in wrestling as well. It's no different. And you have the good guy in I guess or the good girl rather in Debbie the blonde character and then you have Ruth who would be in storyline the bad you know the bad guy the bad girl the villain I don't think of them that way I think of them as strong and weak 
Really? Okay. Yeah, I think Debbie's who, very who would be strong, strong and who would be Debbie's weak. Debbie's the strong person. Okay. And Ruth is not. She comes across as very insecure. Oh, she is insecure. Mm-hmm. She backs off from situations. She doesn't like confrontation. Yes. And Debbie doesn't mind going head on. No. No, so I think it's strong and weak. Yeah. So yeah. I guess we'll see that develop as the rest of the show unfolds and you'll... Yeah, I hope Ruth... Kind of see that you know, relationship. Kind of match her at some point. Yeah. You know, get a backbone. I, I don't want to say anything. All right, don't okay. say anything, but that's but, what I'm waiting for. All right, that is something to look forward to. Okay. Uh, that's definitely mean. The main focus of the show is on those two women. And then, like you said, you have the actor, too, who also has this great element. He has this great character development, start to finish. Again, played by Mark Marin, playing Sam Silva, the director. Um, I think he's terrific. Like you said, the guy's very funny. He obviously doesn't care. And in storyline, he's like this director. He's like a has-been director who's done a lot of, like, not even B-horror movies, oh like God, D-level horror movies that just aren't that good. And then he goes on to do this show. He has a vision for this show. And have you gotten to the point yet where they have the, not the director, but the person who is funding the entire show? Have you gotten there yet? Is that the young, handsome man? Yes. yes. Yeah. Who, yeah. like, funds the whole thing. Yes. Who, who doesn't like, have any idea what he's doing. Yeah, he, he's very Correct. young, and yeah, exactly. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good show. So, yeah, I just want to get your thoughts on, 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 on the Sam character. Any, any other thoughts on him, the director? No, I just, in, I'm enjoying him. I like the way he plays people off. and He thinks out loud. Mm-hmm. He kind of says what he thinks, and he kind of tries to react, you know, with everybody there. I think he's comic. I I really enjoy him. The funny thing about him, too, is that he also, as you'll find out as the show kind of goes further and further in, he's dealing with nothing but women, except for obviously Mm -hmm. the person who's funding the show. He's very sexist. He's very racist. He makes a lot of, you know, half-hearted jokes. And again, he just doesn't care. He all does it to fund his own movie. You know what I mean? I think it really comes across in that way and he's trying to create a success story, so to speak, through this show. And I think those various character tributes uh, really bring up the best in not only the women but also himself. You really mm-hmm. see him evolve from the first episode to the last episode, which again, mm-hmm. I don't want to get too I much into. I haven't seen that yet. Because you haven't seen that yet. Correct. Um, but you also, have you gotten to the episode yet where he gives one of the women on the show when they're in the motel he gives one of them one of his like old movies, and then in the course of the movie, they have like an old dating clip of his. Remember yes, that? Yes, I do. Did remember you, you that? Did that part? Made him very vulnerable. Yes, exactly. Yes, it and did. he comes across as being very like lonely. Like he outright yep. admits that he's yeah. lonely. Isn't he does. that funny? Yes. So. Well, it wasn't funny to the girls that were watching. No, it. no, they, they, there were very different reactions there. Yes, they like, were. Some were see, giggling, and yeah. some were sad. Some were thought it was funny. Some yeah. of them felt bad for him. Some they of them did. actually started to fall for him as well. Like, there's a lot of different reactions there. So that's the cool part about it. So. Yeah, that was interesting. Let me see. So I didn't see most of these. Yeah, so these are the recurring characters. Yeah. So my next question for you, out of all these recurring characters, like we talked about Ruth. You have Debbie, you mm-hmm. have the main director, and it says one of the main characters, I guess they kind of are the main characters to get more development, more television time than the other ones. You have Junk Chain, which is the African-American woman, Sherry, who's like the trainer in the show, Okay, yeah. and then Machu yeah. Picchu as well. I know her. So okay. did you get to the point of the show where you find out like her father doesn't want her to do it? Right, yeah, I so did. You, okay, yeah. so she does kind of get more screen time than the other ones. Well, right, in this episode. Yeah, well, no, this is all the, the entire yeah. cast, yeah. yeah. So we'll talk about that. Well, I guess we'll kind of include them in this group, too. Other than Ruth, Debbie, and Sam, the main director, and I guess other than Sebastian, who's you know funding the whole thing, we'll include all the women in here. 
Um, like, who among these do you feel like you want to see progress more in the rest of the episodes that you have yet to watch, or someone that has stood out to you among these women? Uh, I'll go by their nicknames here. Well, let They're, me see if I know. Oh, She-Wolf. Oh Junction, yeah, Machu Picchu, Melrose, who's like the party girl. Uh, Britannica, who's supposed to be the smart, like, British girl, I think it was. Scab, I don't remember who that no, was. The only one I remember there is uh, She-Wolf. The bitty, the the biddies or whatever the name, were the bitty brawlers were the two, like, Older women of all the entire bunch, so they don't get too much time. Uh, the welfare queen was the bigger African American yes, woman. Yes. They give Which her the she stereotype. Did not like that, no, right? she's like, isn't that a little racist? She did not like that. Uh, the she wolf, like you said, fortune cookie, who's the Asian right. girl, and they give her that stereotypical gimmick too. Well, I think uh, there's going to be a good story behind she wolf. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen that episode? I saw the when one they're in the, in the motel room, right? Mm-hmm. When she like puts on the wig. Correct. That's what I wanted to ask you. Correct. So, in like each of these episodes, it seems like each of these girls get different stories. Like, you yep. get to know each of them. In episode yep. four, you get to know She-Wolf. In episode five, you get to know a little bit more about Melrose and her and her background and so on and so forth. And also, I forgot what her name was, but also the 19-year-old that's, like, fascinated with the director, the one with the black hair is kind of, like, goth-looking. Okay, She, she yes. doesn't get yes. too much time. I don't know. Yeah. Mm, I forgot what they say her name was. Let me see. Mallory? No, I, I, it, she's definitely on this cast list, but I don't remember what her name is. Maybe it's Scab. It's probably Scab. Justine, yeah, that's her name. Yeah, it is Justine. I don't remember them calling her Scab, though. So Yeah, I don't remember her. Yeah. So who among those women of like the secondary characters, we'll call them, has stood out to you thus far? You said She-Wolf. Anyone well, else? She-Wolf and be Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu, yeah. Uh, the black girl who is kind of the leader is... is Cherry. She's yep. going to be excellent. Yeah. I don't know her name, though. Yeah, it was Cherry. Cherry Junk Chain. I don't remember them okay, calling her Junk Chain. Yeah, I don't remember that either. Yeah. Oh, Junk Chain? Yeah. Junk Chain Bang? The one with the husband you're talking about, right? No, that was Debbie. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, the, oh, the other one. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. The other one whose husband came to the... the motel with them. With watching the movies. Exactly. Okay, yes, 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 yes. Yes, looks like she's got a good life there. Yeah, so yeah. she's kind okay, of... So those are the only ones I really... I'm interested in at this point. Yeah. The others are kind of superficial right exactly. now. Exactly. Yeah, you'll yeah, kind of see them develop into, in the rest yeah. of the series. But I thought and the uh, welfare queen was correct to question her, her name. Yeah, she was like, uh, what's that about? Isn't that yeah. going to be a little racist? Aren't people like, isn't my <laughs> son going to see, see this? Yeah, no, she, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. A little weird. But also, it's funny to note this too. I should point this out. The character, the woman who plays that character, her name is Kia Stevens. She is the only woman among all the women on this show who is an actual wrestler. She wrestles in real really? life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which and she's one super is that? funny. Um the welfare queen. Oh. Yeah. She does not look it. Yeah, exactly. She looks meek. Yeah. Yeah, she's well, she's that's a very a interesting character. Yeah, she goes by the name of Awesome Kong. She's gone by the name of Karma before. So uh, she's gone by a couple oh. different names, but she definitely has experience. So well, it's cool take to see her. Look at her then. Yeah, she's great. She's great. Yeah. Um so also on a side note too, this show takes place in the 80s, which I think I forgot to to mention at the start here. Any uh, songs that pop out to you from the beginning of the show? I'm I mean, from the 50s. Oh, oh I mean, there, there's, a, there's some 50s no. songs. Let me see. It says, No. The series features several songs from the 1980s as well as tracks from the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. Any of these songs stand out to you that you can see uh, off the top of your head? Um, the Warrior, uh, Invincible, Ready, Steady, Go. A lot of these don't even seem familiar no. to me. Nope. But um, a song by Alice Cooper there. Nope. None of them. Journey. No, none of them sound None familiar? of them. Wow. Nope. I thought they had a decent soundtrack, but none of well, them. Well, they probably do, but not my ear. None of them that like stand out. Like, no. oh, this like resonates with nope. me type of thing. Yeah. No, sorry. 
And also going forward. But I will like, listen better now. Yeah, well, yeah, listen, going forward, I think the soundtrack also gets better as you get deeper into the show. Um, so as you close in on the second half of Glow, anything you would like to see happen? Any predictions? I don't want to spoil anything no as to whether you're right or wrong. I just want to see where it's going to low. No, yeah. I'm sure they're going to get into this story of each woman. Yeah. At least I hope that's what they're going to do. Yeah. And I would like to see it all come together. And I'd like to see, to see the, the actual ring is like. Yeah, yeah. to see what the in-ring product ends Correct. up being. Yeah, the end product. And I got a feeling it's going to be good. Yeah. I don't want to spoil anything. No, it's, don't spoil it. It's going to be good. It's okay. going to be good. Let me see. I wrote one more thing down that I wanted to talk about. Let's see. Oh, yeah. One last question for you. Why should people watch Glow? And again, the reason I wanted to do this was because I have heard from people, all types of people. I've heard from coworkers from friends, you said that you were watching a few episodes, people of all ages, boys, girls, watching the show for different reasons. And it's a cool show. Have you seen the movie The Wrestler by any chance with Mickey yeah. Rourke? You haven't seen that? That's a movie a lot like this show. It's, it's a very different feel. That's a very depressing movie. But the, the thing they have in common is that you don't have to be a wrestling fan to watch this show. Because largely, they're not doing a lot of wrestling. Not it's yet, all the no. stories in between. And the funny thing about this show is that the main character, one of the main characters, Debbie. She's like a soap opera actor. And that's really like what she comes to find out, like minor spoiler, she comes to find out she finds the connection between wrestling and a soap opera. It's almost the exact same thing. It's almost like a male soap opera. So they kind of go into that and they don't like, you know, uh, you know, not ruin wrestling, but they don't like make fun of it. They don't like do this or that. They don't really look down on it. They, they offer a different perspective on professional wrestling than any other show or movie out there, which is why I enjoy it. But in your opinion, from someone who is not a wrestling fan but checked out the show just for your general interest to see how it was, and now you're sticking around and watching the episodes, uh, why should people watch Glow? Hmm. That's a good question. Kind of a loaded question, but in your opinion. I don't know. I don't think it would appeal to everyone. No, no, not not, not everyone. It doesn't appeal to men. I mean, it didn't appeal to... Well, it's it's a large, yeah, well, it is a large, it's it's not just a women demographic. Again, just me being a wrestling fan, obviously I'm going to be interested, but it is a very funny show. Like, I really enjoyed the first episode because it does have some sort of entertainment value there as well. It does, but if I recommended this show to other people, they would think I was crazy because it's a woman wrestling show. Because you said that, like you said, Grandpa wasn't a big fan of it. No, he's not. So maybe it is more of a... But the New York Times is. Mm -hmm. They gave it a great write-up. yeah. So that really kind of tipped me over the edge, mainly because of you. But yeah, that as well. The fact that they said it was good, Mm -hmm. that's why I'm watching it. Critical. I don't know if I would recommend it to anyone or not. Interesting. I think it's a personal thing. Yeah, it's really a personal thing, depending on. I I would say give the first episode a shot, really, with anything. Check out the first episode. If you don't like it, you don't have to tune in the rest. Because they put up all 10 episodes at once. You can watch all 10 episodes in one day. You can watch them over the course of 10 years if you want to. Mm. They're all a half hour long. It's not too bad. So, um,. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's a very good show. So um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like you said, definitely check it out. There was one more thing I wanted to ask you about. Like you said, maybe, uh, what was it? It was it was the fact that it stemmed towards women, or what was it? What were you just saying before? Before about that, that grandpa wouldn't like it. it. It triggered something in my mind that I wanted to discuss. For you personally, um... Yeah, I'm trying to think what it is. It's not largely largely about wrestling. It's more of a women's soap opera. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, I, I mean... I did not know that. That's kind of what it comes down to. Oh, man, it's going to yeah. bother me now. What what was I going to ask Time said that it was a good show mm-hmm. and to give it a shot. 
So I usually read the Time magazine. They're usually correct with the things that I like. So I gave it a try. I'm going to say this, too. I feel like there is going to be a season two at some point. I think they just shot this just because. Like, it might be a good show for Netflix. Um, oh, this is what I was going to bring up. Did you say the last time that we talked last weekend that you watched Orange is the New Black? Mm-hmm. So is this almost like a wrestling equivalent to that show? Because that is no. a very women-based show. Absolutely not. No difference? No. Or no, no similarities, I should that say? Show. Really? Okay, yes. so he likes that show. He likes that show. show. Okay. Yes. He likes the prison. He likes the guards. He likes everything. Mm-hmm. No. Different type of characters? Exactly. Different type of Although they're all women. Aura. Yeah, yeah they're that's different. like the only similarity. No. Interesting. I've never seen the show, so I can't say for myself. Yeah. And also, before we close out here, speaking to Netflix, what are you watching? You said... A little bit of glow, a little bit of orange is the new black house of cards. You said you're watching. House of cards, definitely. Any other sh- any other shows that you recommend to people to check out for any Netflix binge watchers out there? Oh, God. Any other new shows, old shows? What is it called? Strange things. Strange. Stranger things. Ah, you said you love, love that it. show, right? Love I have yet to watch it. Oh, that's really good. Griffin yeah. doesn't like that either. He doesn't like Stranger Things. No. A lot of people do. So Netflix, I can't think what's on. I don't know. Did you say you like that show? That I heard. I was talking about it with someone the other day, and we were also talking about it when I was with you last weekend. Um, the Bateman show. What's his name? No. You didn't like that show. No, I don't what like was the name him of that at show? all. He is so boring. Ozark. Ozark he is the new so show. Boring. Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah, but that's why you don't like the show. <laughs> He's willing so, to give it a chance. What's the show? What, what is there any show that you guys both watch on Netflix that you'll that you both enjoy? House uh, of Cards. House of Cards. You both like? Okay. Yeah, Poldark. Mm-hmm. Oh, on Netflix, huh? Uh, well, any any show we really. We like PBS. What, what's on PBS that you like? PBS it? is Poldark. Okay. Um, oh my god. Is it a new show? Mm. It, oh, Grantchester. Grandchester. Is it good? Yeah. Yeah. The Queen, the Coronation, Queen Elizabeth. Oh, okay. That, that's a yeah. show? It went into it was that? a series, yeah. Oh, cool. series on. Huh. Yeah. Is it like a historical piece kind of thing? Yeah. yeah. Queen Elizabeth, another one. Yeah, yeah. Queen Elizabeth, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yep. Those are the kind of things we watch together. If it's violence, if it's bloody, I don't watch it. Does he watch if The Walking Dead? it's bloody and violence, he watches. He loves The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. Can you're more the other it. side of it. Exactly. Yeah. The funny thing about this show is that it's wrestling, so you automatically assume it's going to be violent, but it's really nothing no, it's but not. there's no violence. Some of the lines are so funny. Yeah. There's a lot of profanity. I don't think any, are shows on Netflix rated anything. I don't think they're given ratings. No. I think they're just up on Netflix for anyone to yeah. watch. So yeah, I don't like the profanity part. I don't like the Yeah, there's the like nudity either. and stuff and drugs and, yeah. and profanity. But aside from that, like the general core the of the general show. general thing I like. It's good. It's yeah. entertaining. So people yeah. should check it out. And that's it. That's it. Grandma, thank you for joining me. This oh, has been a blast. Welcome, grandson. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely do this uh, sometime again soon. Thanks a lot for joining me. You're welcome. I'll thank catch you, you down the road. You're, You're welcome. Good. Wasn't she great? Wasn't Grandma Matthews great? I really enjoyed having her on the show. Hopefully, it's not the last time. Hopefully, she finishes up Glow and we can have her back on the show down the road to discuss the finale, which I thought was pretty great. Again, no spoilers necessary. No spoilers here. I don't want to spoil anything for anyone who has not yet watched the show. Bottom line do so. It's great. It's on Netflix, too. They put all the episodes up at once, so you can watch them whenever you want, which is the beauty of Netflix. It's great. But anyway, guys, let's talk about Raw, SmackDown, and NXT on the road to NXT TakeOver Brooklyn and SummerSlam, respectively. Uh, a, a mixed bag of wrestling this week, I would say. A mixed bag, indeed. So, we'll finish out WrestleRant Radio talking all things WWE, starting with Raw from Monday night. 
not the greatest show. I thought Raw, I think Raw has been better as of late than it has been in a few months. Um, I think the last month or so, ever since right before Great Balls of Fire, it's been pretty good. The last two weeks, however, have not been the most amazing episodes of Raw I've seen. Uh, I mean, not not bad, just pretty dull. Uh, capped off for the great main event, though, a last man standing match. Let's let's start at the top here. Let's start with Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns. With, with Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns. We'll start with the good, and then get down to the not so good. But I thought this was great. Um, a really, really, really good match. Started out a bit slow, making me think, you know, maybe it's for the best. These two are kept away from each other beyond SummerSlam because we've seen a lot of these guys against each other since the Royal Rumble. Since Braun Strowman initially attacked Roman Reigns at that pay-per-view. That was way back in January. And they're still feuding, but it's hard to complain when you get matches from these guys like this one. This was really, really, really good, especially in the second half. And especially that spot where Braun Strowman friggin' launched a desk chair. Uh, like, the chair that I'm sitting in right now, of course you can't see it, but the chairs that the commentary team sits in. He friggin' launched one of those chairs right to the face of Roman Reigns and one of the most glorious gifts I have seen in quite some time on Twitter. That was great. Um, the rest of the match was really, really good, though. Braun Strowman extending his undefeated streak against Roman Reigns. I know he lost the initial match on at Fastlane a number of months ago, but... Who friggin' cares? Braun Strowman, I think, is like 3-1 to one in matches against Roman Reigns, excluding their one Raw match, like back in friggin' March or whatever it was, um, that ended in like a DQ win for Roman Reigns. That aside, Roman's beat him once at Fastlane. He pinned him once at Fastlane. Braun Strowman has since beat him at Payback Clean. He beat him at Great Balls of Fire Clean. And he beat him here, albeit not clean. Samoa Joe interfered at the end and helped him emerge victorious, but still, a win's a win. I thought this was great. The main event for SummerSlam continues to be the best hyped match on the entire show, and that's probably because it makes sense, because it features four rivals that have been feuding on and off for the past six to seven months now. I mean, Roman and Brock have had their issues. Braun and Roman go back to the beginning of the year, as they said. Joe and Brock have been going at it since June so I like the mix of talent here. It doesn't feel like we're being thrown matches on paper that don't really make much sense. <clears throat> SmackDown. And I love SmackDown. But you get Nakamura Mahal, which I'm fine with. I think it's a lot better than Cena Mahal. But Cena Corbin, Orton Rusev, Nakamura Mahal, literally all three matches were thrown together in the past two weeks. And they don't feel like SummerSlam-worthy matches. Now, that might be they might be good, it might be a blow-away show. I guess we'll have to wait and see. I'll get to that when we get to SmackDown. But the point I'm trying to make here is that this fatal four-way for the Universal Championship between Brock, Joe, Strowman, and Reigns continues to be one of my favorite things about Raw right now. Uh, so I'm thoroughly enjoying this this feud. I thought it was a great main event, an awesome way to cap off the night. Nothing else came close to being as good. A lot of dead stuff in the middle. Um, I, I, I'll take that back. I thought this stuff with Rollins and Ambrose was really, really good. I'll talk about that momentarily. But I think the best part about the show was the two bookend segments between the main event and the opening stuff. Miz TV. Now, we were told that Miz wanted to have back out Jason Jordan after what happened last week when Jason Jordan laid out the entire Miz Taraj. Miz said, I want Jason Jordan tonight. Kurt Angle comes out instead to a big pop. They were in Toronto, by the way, so the crowd was very hot for the beginning and end of the show, as they were for SmackDown the next night as well. Anyway, so um, we have Kurt Angle come out instead, who says Jason Jordan's got a match tonight 
but I have a replacement uh, guest for you here on Miz TV tonight. And out comes Brock Lesnar. The place went nuts. Paul Heyman and the Miz engage in a, in a verbal spar, so to speak, which was magical. And those two in the mic against each other is just pure money. So that was really, really good. Miz antagonizing Lesnar, saying he's going to lose the championship at SummerSlam. Really came off like a babyface here, but Brock is nor a babyface or a heel. He's Brock fucking Lesnar. Anyway, so before Miz can rattle off anything else, uh, Brock is set to sick on uh, on Miz and the Miztourage by Paul Heyman. He lays out the entire Miztourage, all three of them with F5s, except for Maurice, of course. She got the hell out of Dodge before Lesnar even stepped in the ring. She knew what was about to go down. She... She she saw Lesnar step in the ring, and she was like, shit's about to go down. I better get the hell out of here. So anyway, great segment. Brock came off like a complete beast here. I thought this was a great way to kick off the show. That and the main event were the best two segments on the show. Um, but another thing about Raw right now that I'm really, really enjoying is, of course, the stuff with Miz, or rather with uh, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. I mean, Miz, too. Miz is great. But the Shield reunion stuff, I think, has been so well done. And I love the fact they did not immediately reunite. Like, oh, we're both baby faces now. Like, we're on the same side of the fence. Let's reunite. It's like, no. I mean, this guy, Seth Rollins, was such a fucking asshole when he turned down the rest of the shield by hitting uh, Roman Reigns and, and Dean Ambrose with a, shield, with, a, with a chair to break up the shield three years ago. Ambrose, having trust issues, has not gotten over this. Those guys were bitter rivals for almost three years. So it would make sense that he's very hesitant to, uh, to trust Seth Rollins again. So they go back and forth, and on this show, uh, Seth Rollins lost to Sheamus after interference from Cesaro at ringside or a distraction from Cesaro at ringside. Dean Ambrose had a match against Cesaro, uh, a really, really good match. Dean Ambrose won. He gets attacked by Sheamus and Cesaro. Out comes Seth Rollins, and they're about to do the the, uh, the shield fist pump, the, 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 the shield fist pump. And the crowd's going nuts. They're eating this shit up. Ambrose finally puts out his arm. You're like, oh, God, he's finally going to trust Seth again. And then before Seth can do it himself, he walks off. And the crowd just is so disappointed. They're not booing. They're just disappointed. And they're like, oh, man, so close. And uh, Seth Rollins playing hard to get. I thought this was tremendous. The crowd loved every bit of this. I loved every bit of this. And, of course, they are going to face Cesaro and Sheamus for the Raw Tag Team titles at SummerSlam next Sunday, I would assume. Nothing officially confirmed as of now, but I'm sure we will get some sort of confirmation uh, next Monday on Raw. So, that being said, it looks like we are going to get... It, it would be pretty cool, you know, to have Ambrose and Rollins as the new Raw Tag Team champions. And that's what leads to them finally reuniting, getting on the same page, and then fist bumping after the match. That would be great storytelling. So I, th I really hope that's where we're going with this. Uh, bottom line, I'm really, really digging all the stuff they're doing with Ambrose and Rollins, which was needed for both guys. They were really doing nothing for a long time there. Ambrose had been stuck in the the millionth match with The Miz uh, before Rollins came around, and then Rollins was doing a whole bunch of nothing with Bray Wyatt, which was just completely pointless. So I thought this was good. I'm looking forward to the match at SummerSlam. Beyond that, this was really a nothing show. Um, Bailey came out to announce that she's been injured, and I'll talk about the injuries in a second, but Bailey is indeed hurt. Uh, we found that out about a week ago on social media. WWE put something out about it, how she was injured in her match with Nia Jax. No confirmation was made until right before Raw on Twitter by WWE, but it was pretty well known by the fact, you know, 
considering Bailey was crying in the video that we saw where the injury was announced last week, um, it was it was pretty evident that she was going to be out for a significant period of time. So we still have no official timetable. I assume it will be at least a few months. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully it's not too long. But you know what? Maybe it's for the best for Bailey. Um, she got booed here by one of the smarkiest cities that you can go to in wrestling in Toronto, which is, you know, red hot for, for guys like Braun Strowman and Samoa Joe. He was the most over guy in the entire show. Yet they booed Bailey. They booed Bailey, and my heart broke when I heard that. Um, and being a big Bailey fan, so that sucked. And that really goes to show how creative has mangled her push, has really bungled Bailey's push over the last year. From the moment she showed up, they have not done right by Bailey. And that was evident in this segment when she was getting booed by Toronto. And not only like a chorus, like a little section of boos, like it was it was pretty noticeable to the point where she had to point it out. She had to acknowledge the boos. And it was bad. Like, how do you screw up a character like Bailey? Someone as as fan friendly and as, you know, simple to book as Bailey. Like, how does that even happen? That that's a real indictment on WWE's booking, to say the least. But that was heartbreaking. Uh, again, I don't know how long Bailey will be out for, but it is for a fact confirmed that she will not be facing Alexa Bliss. Happy birthday to whom, by the way. She turned, I think, 26 yesterday. Uh, but she will not indeed be facing Alexa Bliss at SummerSlam next Sunday for the Raw Women's Championship. Instead, it's either going to be Sasha Banks or Nia Jax, who both won triple threat matches on Raw this past Monday to advance to a number one contenders match to Raw this coming Monday. It's got to be Banks, Nia Jax, just, she's been, you know, she she can be good, she's not quite there yet, she friggin' injured Bailey. like, she's not all that safe in the ring, I think that much is evident, based off her main roster run so far, she almost, ki- she almost killed Charlotte, in their match a couple months ago, completely reckless, anyway, the two women's matches on this show were not good, uh, the first one was pretty sloppy, Alicia Fox, I have no idea why she's still on the roster, that's a real question, by the way, she's not... Okay, she's she's pretty bad. She's only digressed in the ring. Like, how does that even happen? Like, she's somehow gotten worse in the ring. And Emma's great. And in a match with Alicia Fox, you have Emma take the pinfall loss. Like, what the fuck? Like, Emma is one of the best people on that roster. And I saw so many people on Twitter and across the internet on Monday night during this match, during Raw on Monday, saying, Emma winning this match would be a breath of fresh air. It would be really cool. Maybe she doesn't win, you know, the number one contenders match. But how many times have we seen Sasha Banks and Nia Jax? Like, really? We've seen a million fucking times in 2017. I don't care. Like, I like Sasha Banks. I think Banks and Bliss make sense for SummerSlam. They have unfinished business from Great Balls of Fire. But why not have Emma win the other triple threat match? And I get Nia Jax was the one that put out Bailey on the shelf. But isn't it funny that Nia Jax injures the number one contender? I'm not saying she should be, like, fired or anything, but... And accidents happen. I guess that was because it was an accident and the Emma thing wasn't. Like, Emma's gone on Twitter before, like, railing the the women's division on Raw, saying, I don't get any chances, we see the same faces. And look at that, the same exact thing that Emma was complaining about on Twitter is happening next week. We're getting Sasha and Nia again. Like, at least have Emma be in the number one contenders match to at least make it seem like she had a chance to win this match. And what blew my mind was that she was the one who tapped out here. And she had a really good showing. She had one great near fall on Alicia Fox where she, like, turned her inside out and it looked like she had the match won. 
But Alicia kicked out, unfortunately, before Emma could get the three count. But it just, it blew my mind. In a match involving Alicia Fox, of all people, you would have Emma take the pin. That really bothered me, because she's one of the best they have, and I, I would not be shocked if she just up and left at some point. Quite honestly, I mean, I don't know if she'd be a valuable asset to GFW or Ring of Honor or whatever, but Emma's great. Like, it really dawned on me. I mean, this has been, you know, apparent for a long time now, but I was texting RJ back and forth during this match or after the match was over. It's like, what the fuck? It's like she has been so underutilized, criminally underutilized for so many years now. At least Luke Harper, another guy who has been like MIA from SmackDown for months now. But um, at least he's been on TV. Like he he got a push last year or earlier this year. It feels like last year, but it was only a few months ago. Emma's never really gotten a stable push, like ever. Like she was great in NXT both times when she was there initially as a babyface, and then when she went back in 2015, they called her back up because they needed her, and also because she was doing great work on NXT. They figured let's give her another chance, and she was about to be pushed before she got hurt last year. But the whole Emmalina thing was a complete waste of time. She was out of t- off TV for like eight months. And only for a few of those months was she actually hurt. It was a complete waste. So I guess we'll see where they go with this. Uh, with, with Banks and Nia, I guess I assume Sasha wins. I don't know if she wins at SummerSlam. I would assume she will. Because if Alexa Bliss retains, what else do you do if Bailey's out right now? You know, I assume Sasha wins. But, um, yeah, just Emma is so underrated. Like, she is so fucking good as a character and as a wrestler. And we have been given no reason to care about her. But those that know what she's capable of know how she's being wasted right now. So, again, hopefully at some point... She's hot, too! Like, that's that's not even... It's not like, oh, she's a great wrestler, but she's not that hot. It's like, she's fucking gorgeous. So, maybe at some point she'll get her due. It's been three years. She has yet to get a real run on the main roster, so... I don't see it in the cards anytime soon, but we can only hope, I, I guess. Um, anyway, speaking of injuries, from Bailey to Scott Dawson. Scott Dawson was apparently injured at a live event last weekend. He will be out for an undisclosed amount of time. Uh, that being said, the SummerSlam match that was being set up for the pay-per-view is now off the cards. I guess we could see the Hardy Boys versus Gallows and Anderson on the kickoff show, but the Revival were a big part of that. The, the real feud there was between Gallows and Andrew, or excuse me, between the Revival and the Hardy Boys. And now the Revival's out, again, because the other one got hurt. And it was a freak accident, too. It wasn't like they're reckless or they're injury-prone. It's just very bad luck, and it fucking sucks. It sucks. So uh, I, I, I hope we see them back in action soon. Um, they are one of, if not the best, tag team on Raw. I love the Hardy Boys. I love Gallows and Anderson. I love Cesaro and Sheamus. But the Revival are really the team of the future, so to see them out again is really disheartening, but hopefully it's not long before um, you know they're back in action and, and, and facing the Hardy Boys and continuing that feud, which I was really digging on Raw. I thought the Raw Tag Team Division has been doing some great stuff recently, and I'm really disappointed we're not going to see that triple threat match at the pay-per-view. Other news and notes from Raw, there's really not much else. Uh, Jason Jordan did wrestle a match, and talk about Bailey being booed, Jason Jordan was booed too, and they had to have known that he was going to be booed against a local athlete billed from Canada. Like, how can you not see that coming? That's just lack of foresight. That's so stupid. And they're going to have to turn the guy heel soon. Uh, maybe not like next week, but 
if they continue along this path, and I realize it's Toronto, they're a smarkier city than other casual cities in the U.S., like a, like an Alabama, like any city in Alabama, like a Mobile, Alabama. I'm sure they're not going to be booing Jason Jordan when they go there in, in a few weeks. If, I doubt they're going there, but you know what I'm saying. So we'll see where they go with that. Um, but they will need to turn him heel. Like if they follow the same, if they haven't followed in the footsteps of Kurt Angle from earlier on in his career, he will be booed in no time, which would be the best thing for him. May maybe that's the long term plan anyway to get this guy booed. And uh, and to have him turn into a heel and reveal that he's not Kurt Angle's son. That would be pretty cool. I don't know if that's where they're going with this, but we'll see. Finn Balor addressed Bray Wyatt. Just the feud's there for the sake of being there. Like, I'm glad they're doing it. It's a fresh feud. But Finn Balor really needs, a, really needs something to sink his teeth into. Like, he has really been just spinning his wheels since he came back from uh, injury a few months ago. And this is a good start. But Bray Wyatt's a fucking loser. No one cares about the guy. Why should I care? Because he beat Seth Rollins twice? I mean, that's that's good. But beyond that, two wins don't make up for, for three terrible years of bad booking with this guy. So they really need to heat up this feud because as of right now, it's just not a match I'm overly anticipating for SummerSlam. If Balor shows up as the Demon, which I assume he will... That would be pretty cool, but beyond that, it's like it's it's really just a match. It's just another match on the show. And also, Akira Tozawa beat Arya Daivari in a rematch from 205 Live the previous week. So, that being said, not not the most exciting show, but SmackDown I thought was a lot better. The crowd was pretty lively from start to finish. We'll talk quickly about SmackDown. Baron Corbin interrupting John Cena. That match has been set up for SummerSlam by GM Daniel Bryan. So again, a fresh match, but... It has like a two-week build, so how much are people really going to care about this contest? That's the question. And I would hope Corbin wins. I don't think he will, because Cena just did the honors for Shinsuke Nakamura last week on SmackDown. So I doubt that's the case. It would be cool, but I doubt I just, I just doubt that's where they're going with this. But um, yeah, it, it's a cool spot for Corbin to be in. He needs credibility. I mean, he, he's towards the top of the card, but he needs a top-tier program with a top-tier star in order to establish himself as a worthy WWE champion, or at least a contender. Because he is still Mr. Money in the Bank, and I really, really hope they don't have him cash in at SummerSlam, because he's just not ready yet. Uh, the Usos on the show as well face Sami Zayn and Ty Dillinger in a very fun match. Zayn and Dillinger would be a great tag team. Uh, they were super over here because they were in Toronto. But um, they're not doing anything with either guy right now, especially Sami Zayn. The same guy who about a year ago contested one of, if not the best main roster match in WWE at Battleground with Kevin Owens, is now doing nothing. Which really should come as no surprise. They were doing nothing with him after that feud ended a year ago. The guy wasn't even a fucking SummerSlam, which I'm sure he won't be this year either. Unless he's facing like Mike Bennett in a, in a pre-show kickoff match or something. He was also not on the show, by the way. Uh, Mike Bennett, or Mike Canellis rather, was was nowhere to be seen. But if you really want to, uh, you know, I mean, I, I've seen some people say maybe Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, not right now, obviously, but maybe down the line, a little bit later down the line. But if you really want to use Sami Zayn in a meaningful manner without putting him in a singles feud, which he should be in, but they're not, at least anytime soon, just put him in a feud or put him in a tag team with uh, Ty Dillinger. I don't see why not. The SmackDown tag team division could use it. They really have no more teams. American Alpha's been broken up. The Colognes are hurt. I think Primo's hurt, so they're out of t- they're off TV for a while. The Hypros we have not seen in weeks, and I assume they're on the splits anyway. Uh, we have the Usos, New Day, Brazongo, Ascension. That's not a lot of teams there. 
So it, it, I'd be fine with uh, Zayn and Dillinger joining the tag team ranks in the near future. Charlotte and Lon had a quick match. Very forgettable. Charlotte won in a minute and a half. Lana sucks. Lana's terrible. That's not a news flash. That's nothing new here. But uh, Lana is just no good. I don't know what they're doing with her, what they plan to do with her and Tamina, but I could not care less. Shane McMahon mediated a face-to-face confrontation between AJ Styles and Kevin Owens ahead of their SummerSlam encounter for the United States Championship. I really enjoyed this. I thought this was great. I loved how Owens brought up a number of things. One, how Shane McMahon used to be a referee, has been a special guest referee, referee a number of times, and how he screwed over a bunch of people a number of times. They even showed footage of AJ Styles throwing uh, Shane into a car window earlier this year. They uh, Kevin Owens brought up how the, he, he brought up the Montreal screw job and how Bret Hart deserved it to get great heat. That was awesome. Uh, this whole thing I thought was really, really good. Made me more, much more excited for the match at SummerSlam than it was before. Uh, Carmella, Naomi, really just kind of a match. Nothing too bad about it. Nothing too good. But it was, it was a match that saw the return of James Ellsworth, whose uh, on-air storyline suspension has been uh, uh, wrapped up. He, it's all over. 30 days are up. So he is back on TV in the corner of Carmella, who I could see cashing in at SummerSlam. And at this point, I would not be against that at all. Renee Young interviewed Shinsuke Nakamura. Good interview. Uh, I think Nakamura is a lot better in these pre-taped elements. He's a lot better in this element, in this environment, than he is in front of a live crowd cutting him, uh, cutting a promo. So I thought this was good. Gave him some new motivation as to why we should see him win the WWE Championship at SummerSlam. And speaking of the WWE Championship, the champion, Jinder Mahal, was in a grudge match in the main event with Randy Orton. Um, in the main event with uh, Randy Orton, his former foe. The match was easily the best of the four they've had to date. But, I mean, why would you have Orton win? I mean, I talked about this. I, I ranted quite a bit about this on Hashtag AskGSM this past week on YouTube. And I'm saying, you know, why? Like, Mahal's been undefeated. Like, this guy has not been pinned. He has been very heavily protected for months and months and months and months. Really, since he became the new number one contender to the title back in April. So why the fuck would you have Orton of all people? It's not like it's leading to a rematch. And I think my girlfriend, when she was watching the show with me, asked me, it's like, so since Orton beat Mahal, does this lead to a title rematch? And I'm like, in storyline, it should. But God forbid if we have a fucking fifth Orton-Mahal match, the the second one was unnecessary, let alone five or four of them. So the grudge match was basically no disqualification. They didn't really explain the rules, or lack of rules, rather, but... It was really more so a uh, no-holds-barred match. No Bollywood boys, no Singh brothers. We were told they were out injured. So uh, Orton won. Clean. No idea why. Rusev attacked him to close out the show, which was funny. But other than that, um, not. I mean, again, a good match. But why would you do that? That was just really dumb. Uh, so I thought that was a good show. I, I thoroughly enjoyed NXT a lot more. We'll close out with my thoughts on the Wednesday night program and ahead of uh, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn in just nine more days. The card's really coming together very well. Um, I know, like, what was the match that was added last week? Alistair Black and Hideo Itami, and this week it was Johnny Gargano and Andrade Cien Almas. So, like, two matches that really just kind of came out of nowhere, but that's kind of usually sort of the case with the TakeOver shows, and they always deliver. The Brooklyn shows, the last two ones that I've been there for, have been fucking amazing, so I'm sure this show will be no exception. Um, NXDN wins the night. Sanity attacked Authors of Pain to kick off the show. 
the best thing I've seen from either team so far in this feud. I'm still not really digging it. I'm not looking forward to the match. But hey, maybe they surprised us with a really good showing at the event. As of right now, I'm just not overly excited for it. The Street Profits made their NXT televised debut against the Metro Brothers. We were told they trained under the Dudley Boys. The Metro Brothers, that is. Not, uh, not the Street Profits. Angelo Dawkins is one half of the new tag team, as is uh, Montez Ford, I believe his name is. He was a really good athlete. They had a good showing here. Nothing too great. Um, they still have some room for improvement, but the potential's there. The crowd got behind them. I'm sure they've seen them before at NXT Live events. They were really happy to see them finally make their debut on TV. Um, but they're good. They really could be something special if given enough time to season. So I think they're going to be a good addition to the depleted NXT Tag Team Division. Uh, Roderick Strong interrupting the face-to-face confrontation between Bobby Roode and Drew McIntyre and William Regal. Uh, he demanded a shot uh, at, uh, or not really a shot. He just wanted a, he, he just wanted Bobby Roode, not even a match. He just wanted to kick the shit out of Bobby Roode. And uh, Regal said, you can have your match with Bobby Roode after TakeOver. The match is already set in stone for TakeOver between McIntyre and Bobby Roode. So Bobby Roode said, um, I will give you a title match anytime, anywhere after TakeOver if you can beat Drew McIntyre next week in NXT. So they're really doing a good job of making you know Roode out to be this champion with a target on his back, like with multiple challengers. I think that's really, really cool. And I really hope we have not seen the last of Strong as a challenger. I know some people have said uh, maybe Strong loses next week and he snaps and he goes heel. I'd be happy either way, really, to be honest with you. NXT needs more heels anyway. So you could really go either way with this. You could have Roddy win next week and then he gets a title shot with Bobby after TakeOver and wins it, my opinion. Or you have him lose, which I think is more likely. He goes heel, and then we get the debut of the uh, the heavily rumored Ring of Honor faction. Now, I think that would be pretty fucking cool. They they have not. It's not like a TNA thing either. Like they've gone on the record of mentioning Ring of Honor before on TV. So I think he, Nigel McGuinness is from Ring of Honor. He can be their mouthpiece. He can be like what Steve Carino was to scum many years ago in Ring of Honor, as the mouthpiece on commentary. That would be pretty cool. Um, but you could put Donovan Dijak in there, who is rumored to be coming in very, very soon. Uh, Leo Rush, who's also on his way into WWE NXT, as has been rumored. War Machine, I saw something last night that they tweeted that they were staying with Japan, so I don't think they're coming. But you have Red Dragon, you have Kyle O'Reilly and uh, Bobby Fish, you have Adam Cole. That's a lot of Ring of Honor guys right there. Throw in Roderick Strong, that's a hell of a stable. So uh, that'd be pretty fucking cool if they did that in Brooklyn. Leading to the main roster, or uh, rather the NXT debut of Adam Cole. And then uh, he leads this like Ring of Honor faction. That would be really, really awesome. Danny Burch and Oni Larkin having a rematch from a few weeks ago. Another really entertaining affair from these guys. They just work so well together. Uh, they really bring out the best of each other. It's really cool to see them have some sort of direction. And they're not just like floundering and losing random matches again. They're having like a best of three series almost. Because I'm sure we will see a rubber match at some point. Because Oni Larkin won the first one. Birch won this one, the second match. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll see a third match, um, hopefully so, at some point soon. In the main event, Andrade Cien Almas beating No Way Jose in a pretty basic match, but it was merely designed to set up uh, Zelina. Is that her name? Zelina Vega, I think her name is. Uh, the former Rosita, uh, Tia Trinidad from TNA, uh, Austin Aries' girlfriend, fiance, whatever. Uh, so she's the new manager of Andrade Cien Almas. I like the addition of the act, by the way. I think Almas is great as a heel, but throwing her in there is even better. He's probably going to lose to Johnny Gargano in Brooklyn, um, but he could probably he he could win the match. I mean, Gargano's a great babyface. He's a great underdog babyface. 
So if he loses that match, no harm, no foul. He's, he's going to be fine. Um, and Almas needs a big win right now. He has not gotten a big win in a very long time, if ever. Like, since he debuted over a year ago. But the guy's really, really good, though. So, um, anyway, yeah, this was, uh, this was fine, but I like the ending to the show with Andrade and Johnny set for TakeOver. So, that's it, guys, for NXT and Wednesday. Really enjoyed the show. In my opinion, the best show of WWE this week. 205 Live was good, too, um, with TJP and Rich Swan. I should mention that, too, having a really good match in the main event. But those are my, uh, thoughts on this week in WWE. So, next week is the big go-home edition for not only SummerSlam Week and not only for NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, but like I said earlier... For Destination X, present by, presented by GFW on Pop TV, uh, I'm looking forward to it. The show on paper looks really, really good. Yeah, Bobby Lashley and Matt Seidel, whoever wins, gets a shot at their respective championship. Lashley, the world title, and Seidel, the X Division title. You have Sanjay Dutt and Trevor Lee for the X Division championship in a ladder match. And there was one more match, I believe, that was set in stone. I thought there was one match with Patron set too. Maybe it was something else. I can't remember off the top of my head, but still there's a lot. Oh, the, the, the finals of the Super X Cup has also been announced for the uh, Destination X show next Thursday. So speaking of which, as I talked about at the start of the show, hopefully I will have my interviews up for next week here on the uh, on the show with Trevor Lee, the current X Division champion, Sanjay Dutt, and the former X Division champion, Low Key, as I talked to them yesterday in the GFW teleconference. As well as my interview with Eli Drake, talking all things GFW, his career, Destination X, so on and so forth. Really, really looking forward to the guy. As I record this, mere hours away from talking to him, so fingers crossed it goes well. The guy seems like he's awesome, so I'm looking forward to interviewing him in just a short bit. And before we go off the air, guys, be sure to follow me on the socials on Facebook at facebook.com backslash graham.gsm.matthews. Find me on Twitter, follow me there at WrestleRant. And also right here on the website, nextairwrestling.net. New episodes of WrestleRant Radio go up every single Thursday. And also be sure to check me out on YouTube at youtube.com backslash C backslash Graham GSM Matthews. So again, guys, the road to SummerSlam quickly approaching an end. I'm very much looking forward to what WWE can put together in the final few days before the blockbuster pay-per-view. In the meantime, and in between time, guys, I'm Graham GSM Matthews, and I'll catch your ass down the road. Oh,